so we've been talking as a church the last couple of weeks about Jesus, about the baby coming uh, coming to this world. And uh, it, it, it's by far one of the one of the greatest birth announcements ever. And, and in case you've not kept up with culture lately, in case it's been a long time since you've had a baby, uh, baby revealing, baby announcements are a big deal these days. They're getting really extravagant. And I was uh, checking out on the Internet a little bit some of that, and uh, they had the picture up. They can go ahead and go, go right for it. Uh, you, you look on Instagram, and there's, there's all these ways of revealing a, a, that you're about to have a baby. Here's one of the classic ones. It's here we go again. And we, in case you can't see it, we got pickles and Snickers, uh, ice cream and prenatal vitamins and some, and some Tums. So I think those are probably appropriate uh, icons and reminder of what a, a new baby in your life is all about. Here's one that was pr- pretty clever, I thought. It said game plan. One, panic. Two, stop at Taco Bell. And three, practice on the cat. And, of course, you know, probably a, a, a candid picture there or, or a common picture. The husband's all happy and giddy. Hey, I've put a diaper on. And, and the mom's reading. We have to expect when expecting, wanting to know what she's going to get into. Uh, here, here's another one. I, this one, I think, one of my favorites. We're pregnant. <laughs> let, let you pick up on that picture. I think it, I don't have to explain that. Uh, here's the next one. Uh, we planned three plus one equals four, but God laughed. Three plus two equals five. Yeah, they had twins. Any, any, any parents of twins out there can relate to God laughing at what, what they thought was going to happen? I love this one. How do I put this? You will never sleep in again. Never. And now this one is is absolutely clever. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to pick up on it. Just keep keep it there for a second. See if you can kind of draw what's going on. Here, go ahead and go to the next slide. We'll zoom in a little bit. And inside the Santa stomach, there, there's the sonogram, and and he's wearing a, a, a Christmas sweatshirt that says "Dad" on it. So I, I I saw that and I thought, I wonder if how many people saw that as a Christmas card and just you know how how quickly you read Christmas cards. Right, you know, you say, "Oh, hey, there, here, here's the Smiths." Oh, okay, boom, put it in, you know, put it in the basket, and didn't catch it. Right, I, I just wonder. Well, today I want to go into scripture because I, I don't want us to just uh, gloss over this baby announcement about Jesus. I don't want us to miss it. I, I want us to get into this announcement when when Isaiah said over 700 years before Jesus was even born, he shall be called. He gives these descriptions of who Jesus is going to be for us. In Isaiah chapter 9, you have the next screen, please. It says, For unto us a child is born, was Isaiah the prophet's prediction. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, here's these key names that describe his character, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, now, the background to when Isaiah gave this was the nation, the people of God that were, were split off. They had a, a civil war, and they were in two kingdoms. One was called Israel, and they were in the north, and the other was called Judah in the south. And Israel got, got invaded by Assyria, and, and they were hauled off. They were held captive. They became slaves. 
And, and they were they 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 had to move. They were hauled off 500 miles away by force by this evil nation of Assyria. So the nation to the south, Judah, was scared. This enemy was right at their doorstep, ready to take them away. And here comes Isaiah to give this word, saying, "There's a protector coming. There's there's a plan, a redeemer that's headed your way." You're going to be fine. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to provide for you. And that was the message that was real for them at the current time when they got this, got this word. That a Messiah was coming. Someone who, to overthrow and lead them to safety. Overthrow the enemy and lead them to safety. And yet these words apply to Jesus as well because it's a prophecy that pointed towards him as the Messiah. 700 years later. And so last week we looked at this first name of Wonderful Counselor, and, and we recognized that word wonderful is, is, was a Hebrew word that was not ever used to be applied to mankind. It was a word assigned to God and whatever God did. He was the one that did wonders, not man. And, and so we, we use the word wonderful too commonly, it seems, according to the, the Scripture. That's a word reserved totally for God. And so as a counselor, his, his wisdom to us, his guidance to us uh, through Scripture and through other people, through his Holy Spirit, it is divine. It's a powerful thing, and that's who Jesus is. Jesus is, is, is a God that's relational. Everything that Jesus does, everything God does is about relationship to him. And so he can have this divine, incredible counsel from God through Jesus. We can, we can go through the trials of life. We can go through the questions of life. We can go through the struggles of life, relying upon him. And so today we come to the second descriptor of mighty God. Mighty God. And, and, and Jesus is mighty. He's, 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 he's powerful beyond any power here on earth. If you were to try to come up with the most powerful machine, you'd look at the Saturn V rocket. If you, if you try to come up with the most powerful, uh, powerful entity that ever took place on the planet, you, you would look at this, uh, this particular uh, nuclear bomb that the Russians had called the Tsar Bomba, and it was over 50 times more powerful than the bomb of Hiroshima. But, but those two things, whether it's a machine or whether it was a, a nuclear weapon, they're not as powerful as our God, the creator of heaven and earth. And so let's listen to something that he has to say for us. Let's look at this power that Jesus was for us. Because, you know, the, this word mighty God, it, it, it's a, it's a, it, in, in the scripture, the original word mighty was this Hebrew word called gabar. Now, that's a common word. Unlike, unlike wonderful. This word of mighty is a word that was used to describe a strong man, a warrior, a person who is not going to be moved by the enemy. That's what this word meant. It was a champion that's going to be still standing. When, when, when he's going to be the last one in the ring, standing up. That's this man. It's a common word. It was used to describe Joshua's uh, 30,000 men that he had as an army. 
when the nation of, of Israel, the, the tribes were, were moving into the promised land, it, it, it's the same word that was used to describe Goliath, the enemy. It, it, he was mighty. And it's the same word that David was used to describe his special forces, David's mighty men, the, the special select unit of men that he had to fight off the enemy. So this word mighty, it's a common word, but it's a, it's a specific descriptor of something that has strength beyond anything else, anything else around it. And so we can turn to the Gospel of John, and we can look at a time where Jesus demonstrated he is mighty. So go ahead and turn with me, grab your Bible, and, and turn with me to the Gospel of John on page uh, 640. Look at the Gospel of John and, and, and see in chapter 4 that we see this act of Jesus that he makes in verse 43 where he shows off how mighty he is. L let's read this together again on chapter 4, verse 43. Uh, the title of this section talks about Jesus healing an official's son. And where we are in God in, in the story of Jesus in John's gospel, it's it's early in Jesus's ministry. Uh, it's on, and he's starting to perform some miracles, and he's starting to to perform some uh, some healings, and and we see this particular act of, of this first healing of his and it says according to john at the end of the two days jesus went on to galilee he himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown yet the galileans welcomed him for they had been in jerusalem at the passover celebration and had seen everything he did there as he traveled through galilee he came to cana where he had turned the water into wine there was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come to Judea, to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. Now, now so you know, the, the, the Capernaum is about 17 miles away from where Jesus is right now. So he, he did some hauling. He, he traveled quite a distance to get there. So Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? His response to the, to the request is simply, is that all you guys are looking for is magic? Is all, all you're wanting is just some kind of poofing? You, nobody's here to understand me or get to know me? Is that all, you, is that all you're looking for? Well, the official pleaded, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told them, go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. And while the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. Well, he asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, well, yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live. And his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Jesus healed this kid 17 miles away. 
with just a word. So we, we see this power of Jesus that, that not only is he, is, is he powerful to, to heal somebody, but he's powerful enough to heal somebody with just a word, just speaking it. And not only is he powerful to heal somebody and powerful to heal somebody with just a word, but he's powerful enough to heal somebody with just a word who's 17 miles away. Let that sink in for a second. He's not even in this in the same proximity. I don't think anybody has done that. He heals them from 17 miles away with just speaking the word. I mean, and, and so you know, we look at this and and we see obviously, you know, perhaps he's rewarding this official because he's being. He's being desperate. He's, he's crying out to Jesus. But I, I, I see in, in God's miracles, in God's might, let me suggest to you, there, there's two general categories that exist for why God exhibits his mightiness, why he exhibits his power. And, and the first one is that God shows his might for God. God is mighty for God, for himself. We look at, at verse, uh, look at verse 54, at, at the last verse we read. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. Now, now John, who's recording this history of, of Jesus' life, is letting us know this is the second time, guys, there was a sign. And that word sign is an important word. It's the Greek word simeon. It's not just like a road sign saying stop or left-hand turns coming or this is the street. It's a mark to authenticate. This Greek word is it's to prove something. It's a point of evidence that proves and affirms a fact. So th- this sign is proving God's power. And, and, and John is telling us it's the second one. You guys remember what the first one is in the book of John? Anybody? It's, a, it's water to wine. It's the wedding feast. The, the first time Jesus is at it, he's like, hey, his mom's telling him, it's time, buddy. Come on, let's go. We're out of wine. Party's going on. This family's going to be embarrassed. We had way too many people here. It's going to be a big social faux pas. It'd be like Desiree forgetting the cake. Did you forget the cake? It's back in the cake. Okay. Great. Because I could not turn bread into cake, I don't think. I don't, I don't think I could do that. Jesus could. Jesus could. I would have faith in him. I have faith in him. But what we see here is that these miracles, you know, it's uncanny that, that John uses these miracles to show us God's power. And in the book of John, John shows us seven miracles. He arranges his whole gospel off of these seven miracles. And it, 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 it sets up a significance about who God is and his power. The first miracle, the water to the wine. Second miracle, this, what we just read about the official and his son. 
The third miracle that's coming up is the healing of the paralytic by the, by the pool. A guy was so uh, paralyzed, he, he kept wanting to get in the pool to be healed. Every time it bubbled up, he couldn't get there. Jesus heals him so he can get in the pool and get healed. Uh, he, he feeds 5,000 uh, people with just, you know, bread and fish. He walks on water to his friends who are out in the middle of a, a boat who are in a storm. They're freaking out. He, he goes out there and walks on water. He heals a blind man. I don't know if you remember this story. He heals a, a man who's been blind from birth. People are thinking it's because he sinned or because his parents sinned. He makes this point, takes a little little dust, puts it in his hand, spits in it, makes some mud, puts it on the guy's eyes, and he's healed. <laughs> and then we see the seventh miracle is he raised his friend from the dead. So, so John uses these to show us that God is showing himself and revealing himself for himself throughout his life. That God's mighty power shows us something about each and every one of these. It's, it's like the fulfillment of, of what Jeremiah said in chapter 32. Jeremiah said, you perform miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Things still remembered to this day. We still remember <laughs> the, the, the the ten plagues and, and, and the parting of the sea and, and, and you know he did that for Egypt and you have continued to do great miracles in Israel and all around the world you have made your name famous to this day God likes to show off so we can see don't don't miss this don't miss this we need miracles so we can go wow that was God. We need to hear stories of, of Deb having, uh, having circulation problems uh, as a result of diabetes. And, and, and she'll tell you uh, that health situation is self-inflicted. She'll admit that to you. But God in his mercy to heal her anyway? Praise God. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But that's why we need those. We need it for him, for us, but he does it so he can show off, so he can show himself, so he can break through the, the our short-sightedness, our blindness, so he, we can we can hear through testimony the power of what he does to break through for our deafness, so he can pierce through the, the chaos and the noise and the, and the junk that we rely on in this world, so we can go, no, you know what? I need to rely on God. I need to rely on him. The, so we see that. The, the, the second reason we see behind God's miracle, God's power, is that God is mighty for us. God is mighty for us. Go, go, back, go back to the list in, in John. Go back to those seven miracles. Water into wine. Here's a family that is honestly going to be embarrassed, and it's, going to, and it's part of Jesus' close inner group because they're invited. They're going to be, it's a big faux pas to, to have a, a, a day, seven day celebration cut short because he didn't plan. And that celebration, so there was, there was a practical thing for this family. Oh, the healing of the official son. He's got a boy, a boy who's sick with fever. He gets to be healed. The, the healing of the paralytic man who's for years tried to receive a healing and Jesus gives it to him. A group of people that are gathered around them, a bunch of them are hungry. Let's feed them. Let's feed them. My friends are out in a boat freaking out because of the storm. I think I'll just go out there and let them know who's in charge of the weather. 
I think they need that little bit of a reminder. Um, healing of the man born blind. Again, this family was about to be tremendously persecuted because of their son was born blind. The, the belief being you've got an ailment like that, you must have done something wrong. It must be your fault. He's born that way. And then raising his good friend Lazarus. There's a family in, in, in weakness. Of course it shows and reveals that God is going to have the power to raise from the dead. But there's something very, very practical. Very, very practical that we see that, you know, God in his mercy, he, he heals, uh, he shows off his power in three areas for us. He shows them off in events like marriages, uh, like celebrations, like gatherings. He, he shows off his power over our enemies. And I don't just mean the people who are bullying us at school. Or, or the person in the cubicle next to us at work who's trying to get all the take all the credit for all the work that they do and and, and let you just be wasted on off to the side. I'm talking about spiritual enemies, a flesh and you know we we fight wars in the spiritual realm, not just here of flesh and blood. I'm talking about the spirit of suicide. I'm talking about the spirit of rejection, the spirit of condemnation, a spirit of anger. I'm talking about those victories. That Jesus has power to break those curses of those lies that we believe that have come to us throughout our life. That we, in, in, in essence, take identity with and take ownership of. He can break those. He can tell us through his word what is our identity in him. He, he can break those. And he has that power over enemies. And he has power throughout eternity for us. This cross itself. This communion that we just celebrated, this everlasting life that we have, is through the power of the blood of Jesus. The power of Jesus himself, giving us everlasting life. That uh, This life here in this world is just temporary. But a breath, 100 years, 80 years, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It's just short compared to eternity. Compared to eternity, uh, that we have that everlasting life. And so the question for us today, a practical question is, how do we tap into this mighty power? How do we tap into God's mighty power? Well, I, I think it's spoken well to us by Paul, who used to be Saul, by the way, he used to be a murderer and chased after Christians trying to slaughter him, but the power of Jesus was able to wake him up and forgive him and transform his life to being a, a, a man of God, a man of grace, a man of love, a man of compassion. God's power is tremendous, just the story of Paul himself. But, so Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people, who are as his rich and glorious inheritance, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. This power, Paul wants us to understand, and it shows us this path. Say hearts and say understand. Hearts, our desire. You know, we look at this story and and we see that you know that the, the, this man, this 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 official, 
truly desired. He went 17 miles out of his way to yearn for God, to, to try to get help. And, and so we see that, you know, this, this journey of trying to access God's power, it starts with your desire. Do you desire to be baptized? Do you desire to be, a, honestly, a Christian? Do you desire to be known as a son and a child of God? Or are you just trying to live a better life? Or are you just trying to live maybe a moral life? Or are you willing to go, no, I want my life to be owned by him. I'm willing to have him be the king. Do we have a, an earnest desire to have him be our God over all aspects of our life because he has such great blessing and great power for us on the other side we don't get we're not being condemned for for the things that we don't want to give up to be his to be his child we're going to be given power to help ourselves and our hearts let those go Many of us in our lives have had experience of, 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 of trying to uh, let a bad habit go. And we can do that on our own quite well sometimes. And sometimes it's a struggle. But with God's power, the, the sins that we have, the things that we turn to instead of him, uh, they, they fade away by his power. They're broken by his power. They're buried by his power. If we just desire it, if we just desire it and pursue it, and, and so I, I give you that as a challenge, as perhaps there's an invitation for you today to accept God and Jesus, God's love for you from Jesus through baptism, or, or to accept him just in, in a prayer of your heart, but to take a step. Uh, and then the, the aspect of understanding. Understanding, we need to know, and that's not just head knowledge, but that's experience, that, that's knowing beyond knowing that, that God's power is here for our lives. And, there, and there, there's three ways, there's three principles that apply to this. And, and, and let me share these with you really quickly, and then we'll be done with our time here today. But the, these principles, they're, I just got to tell you, they're not spectacular. They're not like big wow things, but they're things you, we need to be reminded about. They're things that we need to be reminded about. The first is we need to admit you're not God. <laughs> I think, you know, we see people smiling and kind of chuckling a little bit. This is harder than you think. This one, honestly, this one's harder than you think. You know, it's been said that every spiritual journey to God begins with the word help. And, and sometimes we're not good at that. We're not good at wanting help. We, we think that we can do it on our own. Uh, the, the official, again, a great example. He had wealth. He had affluence. He was a government official. I'm sure he had access to doctors. I, I'm, I wouldn't surprise me. He tried all those methods before, but for some reason, he said help. And he walked 17 miles to get there. It wasn't easy help. He was desperate. He cried out. He, he, somehow he had to admit that he was not God. And so we, we see that if we're going to know who he is, we got to admit we're not God. The second is we need to affirm that Jesus is almighty. That Jesus is almighty. Not just because I said so, and not just because we see miracles happening, but just because that's who he is. Jesus is almighty. To have that faith in it. And, and there's one way of knowing in your life whether you are affirming that Jesus is almighty or not. And it, it's the word worry. If you're worrying about something, that's an indicator 
that you are not affirming that Jesus is all-powerful. Because somehow you're churning with how to figure it out. You're churning with how does this work. You're churning with I'm wanting to control this situation. You're churning with what's the solution for my my child who's been away from God for 12 years. What's the solution for my marriage that is abusive? What's the solution for uh, in my, in my, my, my work that just doesn't seem to, to, to pay all the bills? What's, what's my solution for my, my family member who has that, who the doctor said, this doesn't look good? What's the solution for that? We have to remember that Jesus is all powerful. As, as Mary said, you know, when she was told she was pregnant, this teenage girl <laughs> and, and who is pregnant by the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible to God. There's not a thing outside of what He can do. It all falls within His category. Nothing. And, and when we see this, you, know, you see the response to the official, He walks in affirmation. He goes 17 miles, and, and if you remember, look at the text here a little bit, you know, you see the dialogue. He's going, Jesus, would, would you come walk 17 miles and heal my son? And Jesus says, nah, we're not going to do it that way. I'm just going to do it now. Uh, your son's healed. And his response is, okay. <laughs> Probably Scooby-Doo, you know, <laughs> okay. You know, he, he, he just, all right. He didn't bargain and he go, well, what, how do you do that? Or, or are you sure? Or, you know, is it going to take place now when I leave? Or, or, you know, can I stop by, you know, Safeway and get something on the way home? Or do I need to go right away? Or, you know, he, okay. He just moved in faith. He believed that he was going to be able to do it. Moved. And then the third thing is allow God to be God. You know, it is, it is our faith in God that activates God. It is our faith in God and our trust in Him that activate it. It, it, It's also true, get this, though, that that we should also have a a faith that accepts God's resolution or His response no matter what it looks like. That's what's allowing God to be God. Is if, if if He says no, or or if it doesn't, the healing doesn't come how you expect it to come, or or it's not showing up yet. You know, the, the indicator on this one, of course, is you know when we pray for something, if it doesn't show up, the circumstances don't change how we think it does. What's our response to God? Are we still faithful? Are we still allowing Him to be God? Or are we angry, upset? You know, how how do we how do we react? You know, I, I was blessed as a kid. I grew up in the prairie, and it was the, you know, it was like 1976 when I was, uh, when, by the time I finally got my driver's license. And um, But I had driven way before then because it's a cornfield, a dirt road. And, and I actually remember the very first time I, I drove. I was sitting on my dad's lap, and uh, he was, driving the car and he said okay son go ahead you got the you got the wheel so i'm i'm you know i'm driving the thing down the road man you know and i think i i don't know man i was like six seven something like that i i don't i honestly kind of don't remember i just remember i was really pretty little i couldn't reach the pedals i was just sitting on his lap i was driving now here's the thing though i know i know this is you know for, for one yeah mom was not in the car and 
but but the second the second issue is that you know I wasn't I really wasn't in control. I, I'm you know I'm quite certain that you know my dad was ready right then with the ready to grab the wheel. He had his he had his feet on the gas. He was he was controlling the speed and he had his foot on the brake. So you know we 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 think that we're driving. We think that we're in control, but but God's the one that is. There, there's a great story um, Robert Louis Stevenson writes about how people riding in, or sailing in a ship, and there was a storm that was coming on, and and uh, the, the storm was just tossing the ship up and down, back and forth, and all the passengers were scared. And one guy said, "Well, I'm going to go see how things are up on top deck." And he goes out and he he struggles and he's holding on to lifelines and he and he goes up to the to the pilot the, the captain of the of the ship and he's got his hand on the realm uh, on the on the excuse me got his hand on the on the wheel and and he, and he looks at him and he goes are, are we going to be okay and and the, the the captain just looks at him and just smiles and so the guy goes back down below and he says hey everybody we're going to be okay I, I i've looked into our captain's eyes and we're going to be fine being a Christian means that we've looked into Jesus' eyes and we've seen His power and we trust in Him to get us through it no matter what. So we're going we're gonna to close with a time of prayer here now. And I want to invite you to, to, to just close your eyes and, and, and I want you to think of whatever storm you might be going through. Or, or perhaps if you're, you're in a great season, oh, I think of a storm if you know somebody else is going through. And, uh, you know, you know, worship team, just sit, just chill. It's cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I want you to receive this. Because, you know, um, we're going through stuff. We are going through stuff. As, as a family of God, we're going through stuff. I mean, uh, the enemy would love to rob, kill, steal, and destroy this church. We're doing some great things in the community, and he's trying to take us apart. Um, he's trying to tear our families apart. He's trying to tear your life and your belief and and who you are apart. So l- let's pray, Father God. We thank you. Thank you foremost for talking to us and showing us this mighty truth—the <laughs> truth that you're mighty. That we're a group of people here, Lord, that we want to see your power. I just want to invite you right now. Just if you want to take your hands and just kind of put them face up on your lap and just imagine you're holding whatever it is, that thing, that storm, that that turmoil that you're going through, and just lift it up to Him. Because He's a God that has power over it. And we're just going to start right now in this prayer, Lord, and just we're going to we're going to admit that we're weak. Whatever we're holding in our hands, we, we're not strong enough. And we, we need You. And we praise You, God, that Your mighty power is over this. You're over our children who might be just going down destruction. You're over our own hearts that maybe we're struggling with addiction. You're over our marriages and that maybe dying. 
You're over our relationships with people that we love and care for, but they're broken. You're over the people we love who are sick or have been given a a diagnosis that doesn't sound promising. You're over our finances. Everything belongs to you. It all, it all came from you from the beginning anyway. So God, we, we thank you that you're powerful over it. And we just give you permission to be God over it. You drive. We'll follow. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, Amen. Amen.